everyone. Uh, yeah, I'm Jolene, and uh, I don't know Cal of it all either, so. I spoke to him once on the phone, and met him once or twice around the world. So. I'm very excited to chat to Annalise um, and visiting last weekend and be invited to speak to us. Really, really excited just about what God's doing last year and what, what I think he's, he's leading you into more and more. And it's, it's wonderful to be a guest in the car, but I do things old school, so I have a Bible here, so I turn things do the whole iPad and everything else. I come back away from the other office, so keep that for me, so I'm not going to read your But um, if you do have a Bible or a phone, so that's got Bible on it, then you can turn with me to Philippians 2, and we'll spring right in. Now would be good. He wasn't looking at you. Um, I just noticed, like, the, with the lot of the music you guys write, it's wonderful because it's really um, around about what is God's heart and, and God, like we're saying, like God, we want your heart, we want your heart. And we want to feel what you're feeling and we go in the direction that you're leading us. And that's a wonderful, it's a wonderful starting point for tonight, I think, on what Elise and I want to share. Um, but hopefully it doesn't stay just a nice song and it doesn't stay just a nice thought or concept. Because it's easy for us a lot of the time to speak in concepts and around thoughts and about you know, ideas and about, you know, that's a nice preach and that's a nice message. But if it doesn't go further, you don't allow God the space to really work it into your heart that it becomes action. Uh, the word says that, you know, it's, it's faith without action is dead. And it also says that, that the only way to please God is with faith. It also says don't love only with words, but love with deeds. There's always like an action. God, God, God really rewards someone who steps out and actually takes what is, what is, what is in his heart and what God's given him and actually puts it into action and puts it into into use, and it's not just something that gets buried like the story of the talents, but it's something that we actually taking and investing. And I believe that that your greatest investment is each other. And the main thing that I want to speak about tonight is fellowship, community, and covenantal friendship. But I'm just really going to be able to only just touch on these things because they're each a topic on their own, and I don't want to talk for too long because I have my phone here for time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, guys, you have to come tonight just to keep an eye on your hand. Okay. So, yeah, I just hope that you guys really just open up to, to receive what's, what the Holy Spirit's doing, you know? And I'm just an empty vessel hoping that God will just use me for honor and use me for His honor, for, as, you know, with anything else. So, just to start off with, you know, friendship is something that I hold on to dearly, and friendship is really about companionship. It's about uh, fellowship. It's about affection. Um, I know guys are slightly different to girls, but, but girls tend to be quite affectionate towards each other when they, they're good friends. They like to hug and they, they laugh and they, you know, like always kind of touching each other and it's like, hi, and you, you got their contact and the guys always like give the one shoulder hug or, you know, something like that. I guess that's as far as affection goes. But oftentimes we show affection in different ways. So it might be physical affection, it might be the words we say, the look, the smile. You know, when a, when a good friend comes to visit you, you're not going to just kind of look at them and go, huh. It's kind of like your whole body lights up and you, you welcome them. And a lot of the time, we also think of relationship um, with God out of the context of marriage. But what about friendship? Because throughout the Bible, there's, there's a lot of examples of good friendships. There's a lot of examples of, of a brotherhood and a sisterhood uh, that's, that's amongst people. And it's, and it's community living. And I love the scripture, uh, you can jot this down. It's in 1 Samuel 18, from verse 1 to 4, and it speaks about Jonathan and David. Now, Jonathan was the, the son of Saul, who was a great king at that time. But unfortunately, Saul hated David and he wanted to kill David. But yet, the two of them were best friends, even though David was a servant in the house. He was just like a menial servant. And I don't know, 
I can only imagine what it must be like in that time where if you are a king's son, you're a prince, you don't mingle with the, with the servants. You don't kind of, you know, fraternize with the help. You know, I can only, you know, think of like those movies where you have this like hierarchy of like the family and then they have these servants that wait on them and clean up after them and, and look after the children and it's like you don't even barely touch them because they're so far beneath you. But yet David and Jonathan had such a unique relationship that it says in 1 Samuel 18 that they were once they were one in spirit. And I've seen another translation that actually says they were one soul in two bodies. And I thought, oh my God, that's so cool. That's so, such a nice word to describe. Like they were such they were so intimate and their love for each other was so they were so tight. They were just so like they knew each other, they had fun together, they had such a a relationship between them and God and with each other that they were like one soul in two bodies, but they weren't married. So it's not that, you know, to break the mindset of you only have that kind of relationship with the spouse, but God intends for us to have that kind of relationship outside of marriage as well with each other. That there's a brotherhood and a sisterhood. There's a, you know, that we talk about the, the saints coming together, that the, the brethren, how good it is for the brethren to come together, the, the family of God. And oftentimes God reveals the church as being a household. You know, there's fathers and mothers, there's brothers and sisters, and there's a way that you do things and a way that you conduct yourself in the household of God, which is quite significant. And in Philippians 2, verse 1 to 7, I want to really pray and seeking God about what, what is he going to share about tonight in the context of community and fellowship. And just where you guys are about uh, the word that you brought about being the love of God, like that we are the love, is, okay, what do we do when we love people? How do we love people? What are, what are, we being, what are people being saved into? So we go and we evangelize on the streets in Woodstock, um, and then what happens to everyone afterwards? They get saved into a family, they get welcomed to, into the body of Christ. And what does that look like for us, and how are we going to look after each other first? Because this is your investment, this is, this is part of, of, of what God is, part of your inheritance is God, in, in God, is the lost coming into a family, and then what? The family needs to be strong, so why you can go and get more lost people saved? And it kind of just has this, this effect the whole time. Uh, so let's read Philippians 2, verse 1 to 7 together. It says, If you have any encouragement from being united in Christ, can anyone say amen to that? Amen. Okay. You guys can participate. It helps me because you all seem very comfortable. Um, or oh, I'm just very loud and talkative, which I am. So if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, I'm sure someone here has been comforted by, by the love of Christ. Yeah. If any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, and I think tonight, man, the Holy Spirit is really moving in, in, in a tender and a, in a compassionate way with us this evening. So someone, someone in here must have experienced it, okay? They make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and in purpose. Now the interesting thing there is all about unity, it's all about one. One spirit, one mind, the same love. It's all, it's all speaking about having that in common in, in this community that we call Woodstock Community Church, which is pretty cool. So, again, I just want to read that part again. So, make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and in purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility considers, consider others better than yourself. Each of you should not, not look... Oh, sorry. Each of you should look not to, to your own interests, but also to the, to the interests of others. And it just goes on to speak about, about Christ and how humble he was that he even took on being a servant. And, it, it, you know, one of the biggest things I think that God had to, to break in me was my pride. Where one time I was in worship and he was just saying to me, let me serve you. Because Jesus came as a servant. He washed his disciples' feet. 
And sometimes it's, it's our pride that gets in the way of us going, okay, Jesus, I'm just going to let you wash me because I can't take care of myself always. I'm going to let you serve me because you came as a servant and I need to actually be humble enough to allow you to serve me. Mm. And I think that's the heart that, that we need to have with each other is I'm going to allow people to serve me. I'm not going to be independent because I, I can do things on my own. And it's, and it's a very, uh, nowadays in, in modern society, it's something that you kind of, you just see everywhere. You must be, stand on your own two feet. You must make your own way. You must leave your parents' house and be able to stay on your own. You must uh, get out and get a job. You must have a car. You must have all this security. You must build this life for yourself. You must, it's always you, 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 you. You have to like prove, you know, battle against the world. But we get so caught up in being strong and in being rigid and being like tough and I can handle this, I can do it on my own and I'm good enough and I'm this, 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 that you don't allow people to serve you. And actually you get so stubborn and actually just arrogant is what it is, it's just part where you don't allow people actually to help you. The most difficult thing I think for anyone is when they're really in a place of being, being in pain or in need, it's actually to reach out and say, I need help. I actually can't do this by myself. That is, that's when you know you're at your breaking points and I know that God if you cry out, God, I want more of you, he's going to bring you to the breaking point. And you can only through you. And oftentimes, we need to actually then even be even, it's like God even drops you a level lower than you think you could go. And he says, okay, but now I'm going to choose to use someone in your church to, to meet that need or to help you. And you're going, God, I'm not that person. Or, or you're going, God, okay, um, all right, I've just got to trust and, and be humble enough to receive it. And out of being like-minded... <coughs> If you don't have the same mind, if you don't have the mind of Christ, if you're not going in the same direction, how are you going to get anywhere? I'm sure, every, I'm sure everyone here has a job, everyone here works or you're a student, if you're not a student, but you can understand in a business, if it's a business that, in a, okay, I work for a, a company that does ACM systems, and if I suddenly decide that I want to do hospital equipment, and what life might have the vision of, the, of, the, of that work, how on earth am I going to keep my job and probably get fired? And I know Caleb probably won't kick you out of the church, but, but maybe he's going to reprimand you. But like, you, you got off on a tangent, we're going this way. And in your mind, you need to be pondering the things of God. You need to be hearing what's happening, keeping your ear to the ground in the church and, and going, well, in my mind, I'm preparing. I'm always vigilant. I'm, I'm sharp about where we're going. So my mind is also being transformed into the mind of Christ. And we're going in the same direction. It says, be, be the same in love. And I'm going to come back to that point because I think that's, that's a massive point. And there's only one kind of love. There's only one kind of true love, and it's the love that comes from the Father. It's the love that comes from God. The love that transforms us and changes us from the inside out. And that's the love that we can then share with the rest of the world. Be one in spirit. And yes, we've only, we've only got the Holy Spirit, so you're not another spirit, definitely. But besides that, I think the spirit also speaks about what's happening in terms of our attitudes and in what spirit we do things and what spirit we act. And it's easy to have division in the church because... People, people are divided in, or they hold back. There's a, there's a very big chance that you could be passively resisting things. And we used to call it like a handbrake. You know, when you, the church is going in a direction and suddenly in your spirit you're going like, I'm not, you feel unsure, you feel a bit insecure, and you, things aren't working out the way that you thought, so you kind of like pull up the handbrake. But by not agreeing and not going forward with the church as one, you holding back, that means that people have to slow down to keep up with you where you should be rather speaking up to keep up with them and making sure that you're actually moving together as a unit. Because what happens is, if, like, I don't know if you know about sheep, but often if one gets taken aside, it's an easy target. It's like, you know, you can think about like walking around and doing stuff you have on yourself, on your iPhone, your iPad. You're making yourself an easy target, like kind of going, hey, yeah, come rob me. But it's the same in the spiritual. 
Like, who are we to think that we can kind of just make it on our own, where God is, it's his, church is his design, it's his idea. And it's for us to be part of it. It's not for us to be on ourselves. We're not called to be lone rangers, you know? We're called to be part of something that's much greater than ourselves. But sometimes we don't always think it's a good idea. And that's where it comes in. We need to be humble and be one in spirit as well and, and make sure that we're seeking God and, and moving forward. And one in purpose. I think each church has a, has a great purpose, which is all the same and in common. And then more specifically, we, we get broken down into kind of like in Woodstock, there's a specific flavor and there's a specific vision for this church as a purpose. And I encourage all of you if, you, if you knew or if you haven't actually thought about asking this question, go to Caleb and ask him, what, is, what, do, you, what do you feel is a blueprint and the, the, the plan for our church specifically? What is it that for this church right here, right now, and for the next while, is it like, what is it that God's doing with us? And that's, you've heard a couple of the, the prophetic words and stuff, and that's part of it. But when, when, when God called Caleb to plant this church, I can tell you now, I, don't, I haven't spoken to him all, but I'm, I know God downloaded a whole lot of things of the DNA of this church into his heart, into his spirit. Amen. And he said, this is the church I'm building through you with Christ as the head of it. And that's so important that we know what that is, so that you're going, okay, I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm connected in with that. Because, you know, getting to technology, you can't run, you can't have an Apple Mac that runs its own operating system and link it up and, and, and expect it to be identical to Windows or to Linux or anything else, because they're totally separate and they're different. And, and we need to be making sure they're on the same page. The way that an Apple, an Apple iPod links up to an Apple Mac that links up to an iPad, they all have the same technology, they all link up so easily, it's like, no problem. Mm. It's like having BBM, Blackberry Mac Messenger. It's a very good tool for community building, just by the way. Or WhatsApp or something like that, that you like constant community. Because community isn't only about like the, the serious heavy stuff, it's about sharing life. You know, I did go in shopping with friends. I love having coffee, you know, it's something that I really enjoy is a good coffee. And I find the best fellowship is when I laugh with someone. Like, I'm talking about laugh till you cry because it's something really good and stupid. Or watch a movie together. But good relationship takes time to build. And I think that, that if you expect it to be overnight, then you're probably fooling yourself. And you, if you think it's going to be cheap, then you're also fooling yourself. Because nothing worthwhile comes without a fight. And nothing worthwhile comes easy. And if you're going to build a good family, you need to have a good relationship intact, and it does take time. Oh, that's good. Um, so, one in purpose, one in spirit, have the same love, be like-minded. Not be selfish or vain, or have vain conceits. And the more that you think about this about yourself, the more that you actually lose. Because you're losing out on, on the parts that everyone in this has to play. I don't know if you've ever had food that just lacks saltiness, and you've got to add a bit of salt. If one of you is a saltiness that this, this part needs, you actually, you actually doing acid, and you can see there is a bit of rebuke because if I'm holding back an important ingredient in this church that I'm called to be, and I believe God's drawing me to, and I'm not adding my ingredients, that dish is just not—it's going to be mediocre. It's not going to be the same. It's like it's going to miss something that's so important. You know, what's a what's a part of curry without curry? Yeah. Yeah, it's a stew, and then what? Well, it's a stew. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I was laughing. <laughs> That's good. That's always late for you on a Sunday. So it's late for you on a Sunday. What is the time? Putting others above yourself and looking not to your interest but to the interests of others. I love that. Mm. Uh, for me, community is almost like the be all and end all the church. I love community because I, for me, it's like 
when, when I got saved, and, and it was something I, I really was looking at, because I'm like, God, look at the people in the church, in the Bible. You know, you look at the book of Acts, where the first church sort of really, the, new, the first new church um, after Jesus died, really came to life and was, was sort of built and, and came into being. They were with each other all the time. They were in houses, they were in the temple courts, they were just all over the place, they were just in community all the time, and they understood what that meant. You know, having food together, waking up, praying together, you know, being in constant contact. They probably would walk past the streets, up and down the streets, and that person would be busy training and, and selling something, and be like, hey, how's it going, share scripture, you know, and we sometimes lose some of that because we try to be individual. You know, I want to be a standout individual, I want to be different from everyone else, and, and you kind of have all these battles going on because you... It's like you feel like you lose your identity when you're in a group. When in actual fact, you get identity when you're in a group if it's a Christian, if it's a Christian church, if it's a church where God has called you to be. Because you actually, then can, God can raise up the person that you're meant to be. Because it's, it's a community. And that's the whole thought behind Ubuntu. Like, you know, the whole the way that African people actually see church, and not church, family, is that it takes a community to raise a child. You know, I don't want, I don't want my children one day just to be exposed to only me and my husband. Because it's only two people, and we're not the only two people in the world, and we don't have everything. We can't give them everything. So I'd be actually doing them in if I kind of isolated them and said, we will teach you everything, you know, you only know us, and that's it. And I think that, that our Christianity, our faith, our love for God only gets enhanced when we allow it to be influenced and changed by Christ in each other. You know, it's, it's Christ's work in us. He, he's, he's the one, he's the author and perfecter of our faith. And... Again, he's designed us to be in this, in this church together. And putting the interests of others in front of you, again, I just moved into a place um, a couple of days ago, and I needed people to help me move. And it's like to, to have that is such a blessing when people just offer. And I think let's, as a practical thing, this one way to, to, to be asked, if you hear about a youth group starting, you should immediately think, God, how can I help? And go to the person. You shouldn't need to be asked. And this thing of like, well, already, okay, there's a dinner tomorrow. Can I help bring some ingredients? Or, you know what, can I help you cook? Or a tool, maybe. Too. Or a tool. <laughs> we, we, came, we moved into church building when we first got our church, and we all had to paint. And I mean, most of us did not know how to paint. But everyone is there, you know? And the fellowship and stuff that came out of it, because you'd be like, you know what, we check this out. I painted that my corner over there. Or, you know, that door, that funky color that looks a bit, you know, retro and cool, whatever. I, I actually did that, even though I didn't know what I was doing. You know, or look at my fingers, they're all like, you know, broken up now because I've been hammering nails through by accident or whatever. It's, it's in the little things that go a long way. It's like, community is it's such a breath of life and it's such a, it's so exhilarating and exciting and it's so cool if you, if you really deep in and throw yourself in it. It's, no, it's not a time now to be holding back and to actually go, well, I'm going to be cautious, I'm going to be on the back foot, I'm going to be like standing on the edge of like this diving board, but I'm actually not going to take the plunge. Now's the time where guys say, like, you know what, throw yourself in. You know, you might be bruised up a little bit, but you know what, have faith in me, have trust in me, because this thing is going to work, because he's the author of it, he's the head of the ship, he's yeah. the one that's, that's leading you in this. Um, and then just go, it's strange, because I, 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 this used to be my favorite scripture when I got saved, and then it got overused in weddings, and then I kind of went off it for a while. But if you can go to 1 Corinthians 13, it's a classic passage on love. Is it okay if I get them all hungry, Caleb? 
provided to give them homework. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Just don't give Kate homework. Yeah. <laughs> I know you guys are very unconventional and everything, and that's, that's cool. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know you guys are very unconventional, but that's fine. But you know, it's interesting that the Holy well, the Holy Spirit, well, the Word says that the Holy Spirit will be poured out on all flesh, um, and there's no separation between men and women. And it's interesting that um, I heard a, a Christian psychologist say this, which for me was actually was quite amazing. Men often bond or, or, or meet by doing things side by side. So in other words, an example of that would be playing sport, for instance, or video games, or making something, or I don't know what guys like to do, they're kind of like watching rugby together, or playing touchies together, soccer. They love to do things next to each other, let's do this together. Girls like to do things face to face. They love to chat and interact, talk about everything, the details of this and this and this. And they like to, to do, am I right? The girl, girl, women love to like talk and they love to hear the details and you know, how did that happen? What about this? And how's your day? And you know, they want like a total like download of everything that's happening. When, when the guys are like, get up from work, they don't want to talk about work, it's like, you know, let's just sit down and, and watch the game or something like that. It's different. Or they eventually open up because they, there's more of this, this, side, this sideways thing and then girls are more sort of face to face. Um, and it's just interesting to note that. So it's, it's interesting because there are men and women in this church. So therefore, they're also brothers and sisters. You know, if you're not married to someone, then outside of that, I'm saying, Caleb over here has got, unfortunately or fortunately, a lot of brothers and sisters in all of you. And it's, it's very good to know how to relate to each other. And I felt like the men in the church need to be very clear on how they treat the girls as brothers and sisters, and how they are as brothers to, to the women as being sisters in terms of making sure that there's almost like a circle of security. There's a circle of sort of protection and we're behind you, we're encouraging you, you're safe. Mm. You know? But girls, don't be fooled. You know, the, the church needs the feminine as well. Amen. And again, with that thing of the ingredients, if you're not involved actively, and I don't mean hiding behind your husband or your partner, and I don't mean being quiet and sitting at the back and, you know, kind of like let the guys do the prophetic words, let the guys do this, with you actually preventing the church from moving forward in a way because you're not bringing the feminine side as well of the church, you know? And that's so important because, you know, God created women. And you wouldn't have created you if you thought that you were less than or imperfect or it was like a bad idea or anything like that. So it's, it's extremely important that we all, every person rises up because, you know, that's, 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 I believe that's God's part. It's not to be separating between men and women and not be separating with okay, this is for guys to do, that's for girls to do, whatever. Yeah, there's different roles within the church. But in terms of value, all of us have to bring our gifts to the table. So just in terms of, of love, because love is really the, the, the driving force behind all of this. And yeah, I think I'm running out of time, so I'm just putting up after this. So 1 Corinthians 13, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have no love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging symbol. And to us, the prophetic... Is such a wonderful gift to the church, but it's not the only gift, and it's not a gift that I think needs to be put up on a pedestal, and it's not a hierarchy type of thing. It's not a, a gift above all other gifts. Mm. It's one. It's one of many gifts that that God wants to give us, and I think that we shouldn't look at people with prophetic gifting as being better than or higher than or anything like that, because easily in our minds we judge. We can either put someone above ourselves or or, or underneath ourselves by being inferior or inferior, yeah. inferior or superior. Sorry. 
And that's, I feel, a screw that, that I want to break here, is, is that of being inferior, some people feeling inferior, and, and in their minds they're actually making other people superior to themselves, okay? But Dad said, you know what, if you've got love, if you haven't got love, you can prophesy all you want, it's actually just noise. Actually, it's just noise. If I have the gift of, okay, if I um, have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but have love, I'm nothing. If I give all my possessions to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. And right there, they're mentioning a number of spiritual gifts, not just prophecy, but they're, they're speaking about speaking in tongues, of faith, you know, of, of being a servant, of giving up everything. And it says, if you don't have love, it's nothing. Love is the, the skin that kind of holds everything together. And it's, if you're not doing everything out of love, even if it's a prophetic word, it might sound great. And there's no love behind it, it's actually just meaningless. And love is the very thing. We do things out of our love for God. And out of that love that God has for us and He's revealed to us is what we need to give to each other. So my encouragement is just really to take, take these scriptures, really just meditate on them and, and you know, let the meditations of your heart be pleasing to God and, and ask God to really transform it. That it's in a stirring to action, it's not just something that you sit on and something that you've heard and you kind of just get fed on and go, okay, that's cool, yeah, great. Yeah, we had a fantastic church meeting and blah, 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 and it's, it's just another thing that we consume, and we become consumers of the word, consumers of worship, but it actually doesn't impact us and change us. But, like, in the prayer time earlier, like, God just said to me, like, he wants to tattoo his name on our chest, he wants to make it a permanent thing in our lives, that his love is steadfast and true, and that his love is the thing that propels us into action, so we can love each other, and we can move forward as well as a community, so that whoever's saved on the outside, they're saved into something that they're going to flip. What have I been missing out on? This is so much better than anything else I've ever had before. Because God is right here in the middle of all of this. And this is a family now that I've been adopted into as well. He trains my hands for war so that my arms can bend the bow of bronze. 
You have given me a shield, your shield of salvation, and your right hand supports me, and your gentleness makes me great. You give a wide place for my steps, under me, and my feet do not slip. The Lord is my light and salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is a stronghold of my life, and whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war rise against me, yet will I be confident. One thing I will ask of the Lord, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord, but that I may seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble and conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock, and now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies around me, and I will offer his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make a melody to the Lord. This is just such a wonderful, intimate love relationship with the Father, you know? And, and I want to speak a bit about just the, the uniqueness that God placed inside of each of us, and, the, and the, the precious treasures and giftings He's placed in each of you that is so unique to any other person He's created, and, and forms such a part of such a beautiful body of Christ that Jolene spoke about. And you know, last week Caleb spoke about um, just the vision that you guys have for Woodstock and how we see a dream of transforming the city to prosperity and the kingdom of God just reigning in this place, you know. And if you're anything like me, like I'm overachiever, I love to do everything excellent, I'm, I like to be good at what I do, if I hear something that I want to give my base and give my all, and, but often it's out of myself, you know, out of my own effort. And, and, and I promise you, you'll do well for a couple of months, but then you'll burn out. And, and you'll conjure up some strength again and get inspired again and then try it again. And, and if you're on the other side of the coin, you might hear this stuff and think it's great, but I have so much stuff in my life I have to deal with, I actually just can't even try. You know, you just feel so overwhelmed that um, you're not even going to give yourself because you feel like there's too much I have to deal with. God doesn't even think I'm good or doesn't like me or any of those things. <laughs> so yeah, but but the, the sad thing about both of those scenarios is that the things that God placed in you is so unique and so great that when we discover that, we find life and we find longevity and we find this precious freedom in God, you know. The other day because I'm such an overachiever, and, and all I've ever said to God is, everything I want to do must be for intimacy with Him. I just, I just want to know Him more. If, if I prophesy over someone, or if I heal someone, or if I, I love on someone, or if I feed the poor, I just want to know Him more. You know, and and that's strange enough. His heart for us, He just, He wants us to know Him more. And the other day, He said to me, you know, my love, I, I'm not so interested in what you do for me. I'm only interested in who you become. And it was, it was such a freeing thing that you said to me. And it's so amazing that, that when you become who God is speaking over you, 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 when you become the person that God created in you, you will, you will find life and abundance and, and you will do all those other things anyway. You know, Because when you get to know him more and you find out who he is to you, who he says you are, 
what he thinks of you, Amen. that stuff will just flourish, you know. And um, well, so he's he's saying over you guys, there's such a need things he's placed in you, and and I think like I'm reading this book by Joseph Prince. He's also like a grace teacher, and um, he just he just loves Jesus, you know. And, Speaking about how often as Christians, one day we feel God is pleased with me because I've, I've spent enough time with Him and I won't get angry at my husband and, and I love my co-workers and all that. And so I feel, I feel good, I feel close to Him and I can worship like and everything. But the next day maybe I accidentally swear in traffic or get upset with or fight or something like that. And then you just feel, oh God, I've stuffed up again and I messed up. And then you feel like you have to start from scratch to get back to closest with Him. And, and a guy came to Joseph Prince and said, but how can God not be angry with me anymore? And, and he was just speaking about, I always saw like, with the cross of Christ, like, like the judgment of, of, of God being poured out on Jesus, you know, for all our sin, sins of yesterday, today, and tomorrow, like that judgment of God for the punishment of sin. But I never thought about the wrath of God being poured out on Jesus. You know, the absolute anger of the Father being poured out on His Son because of all the sin of the world. When you think of Jesus' relationship with, with Father, it's like he found his identity in God. He found his, his, his life in God. He found he only put value on what the Father told him. And in that moment, God completely abandoned him, completely poured out his anger and wrath on him so that we never, ever have to experience that. Amen. You know, it's like such, a, when I think of that, I just feel so much more in love with him. He would go through something like that where he shouted, or yelled, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Like in that moment, he felt so forsook or forsaken by God that that it was, we, we've all felt abandoned and lonely at times. But can you imagine what Jesus went through? You know, what he felt in that moment. And that makes me, me know that if I think God is angry with me when I mess up, I'm actually just saying, Jesus, what you paid wasn't enough. Amen. So I, I must also suffer. You know, but God wants you to come to him boldly and freely, knowing that that was enough for you, you know? That, that you can become where you want to be because that, that moment where Jesus experienced said he was crushed for our iniquities. I don't think, it, well, he physically wasn't crushed, but that moment when that wrath and judgment and punishment of God came upon him, it, it was for our freedom that we may come to him boldly, you know? And, um, yeah, so, so God is drawing you towards him. And, and he wants you to believe that. And, and, and I always vision myself coming to God like, like, like dripping in the blood of Jesus because I have nothing else to offer. You know, he, he loves us so much more when we come and we say, but oh God, I can do this and this. And God, I can do this and this. But all I have to offer is Jesus. And he's pleased with that because he was pleased with the son. Amen. He was pleased with that sacrifice. And that was enough for him. So I, I see myself in front of my dad dripping in the blood of Jesus saying, God, what do you think about me? How much do you love me? What have you placed inside of me? And then who do you want me to become, you know? And he's calling you, you to a relationship like that. And that intimacy practically, like in meetings like this, I'll, I'll go forward and say, okay, God, what are you doing, you know? Like, what is on your heart for, for a meeting or a church gathering or Easter camp? And, it's, and, and he'll, he'll share his heart and it's almost like, Getting, digging into the heartbeat of a dad and finding, God, what are you doing and, and what is my role, you know? And 
sometimes he'll just share with you what he's doing, and there's nothing for you to do. It's just about knowing what your dad's doing, you know? And where Jesus said, you're no longer servants, you're friends. And, and you know the affairs of, of your God, because servants don't know the affairs of their master. But, but you know what I'm doing, you know? Amen. It's that intimacy God is drawing us to. And sometimes maybe the spirit will break out, and, and he'll, he'll tell you, drink. Often he, t- he tells me, if you, if you push in yourself, and you allow the spirit to do what he wants to you will break open things for other people that you may never even see. Or in, in that meeting or in that time, when the Spirit does with you what He wants, you can break up into people's lives what God wants to do. He just needs one person with faith. Just one person to say, God, do what you want with me, you know? And other times He might tell you to hold because He wants you to speak a word or, or, or show you a vision that you can share and break something open like that, you know? And, and God's been showing me the last couple of weeks that there are there are really some, especially amongst the women, um, intercessors in this house. Um, some of you know about it, and some of you don't yet, you know. And I think some of you, God's given you glimpses of that. But He wants to take you to secret places with Him, that you will speak one word and you'll break things open over this this area and people's lives that that no one else can, because He's put something so unique in me, in you. Sorry. And you know, he relates to me and to Caleb and to Luke and to Jane differently, all of us differently. Because he knows what, what he's placed in you, he knows the DNA he's placed in you. So he might, sorry, that's what I think with, with things like healing and things like prophesying and things like interceding. There's no formula. There isn't a formula because it's all about intimacy with him. He's going to leave. He's going to lead Caleb into it way different than he's going to lead me. But it's going to form such a unity, such a body of power and life released onto this earth. And that is, that is what he's calling us into. And, and some, I want to encourage you, you girls, you, if you felt that intercession on your life, or maybe you've seen things in, in the church and you felt God stir you, speak it, but you've held back. I want to encourage you to ask God to show you what it looks like. You know, show me, God, who am I? What have you? place inside of me that's different to anyone else. And I really pray that God will reveal things to you in new ways, in fresh ways, and give you dreams and, and, and real like revelation, you know. And um, something that that's amazing is, is we we evangelize and we prophesy or we pray for healing one person at a time, you know, and I don't think we'll ever stop doing that. But how amazing would a people be that are so passionate for their God and just want to be so loved by Him first. It's overflowing and, and walking in that, that, that unique thing is placed inside of you. How powerful will that not be to infiltrate this, this, this area and this city thousands and hundreds at a time? You know, people flocking in, wanting the goodness of God because we've got it and we're carrying it, you know? And, um, and like Caleb was saying, there's dreams God has for this area, but... I promise you, we haven't even tapped into the smallest, slightest dream that God actually has. When we all dream together, the dreams are going to be way bigger than us, which is exactly where we want to be, you know? So I want to encourage you, like Jolene said, not a single one of you should be missed. Every single one of you has a gift to bring and, 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 a, and, a, and a unique blessing and a unique life into this body. And first, God wants to speak to you, and He wants to love on you, and He wants to make you into who you are supposed to be. You know, when we got saved, we got instantly drawn from darkness into light, into an inheritance Amen. that doesn't perish, spoil, fade, and into salvation, and into 
and we adoption as sons into the kingdom of life, you know, and, but, but so little do we live like that, you know, we, we, we think like we did when we grew up, you know, do good, get good, and do better, get better, and if you, um, yeah, you, you'd be doing things based on, on works and not based on the love of God consuming us and, and the love of Christ on that cross when he, when he thought of you in that moment, you know. And, um, yeah, and, and even though, like, sometimes God may tell you to do something that no one else will see, you know, that carries such weight in the kingdom and it forms this body and it, it, it'll put momentum in this body that, I think it's the unseen things that sometimes adds more momentum than, than the scene, you know? Yeah, definitely. And, and lastly, I want to encourage you guys to encourage each other. Yeah. When you see giftings in each other, push each other above yourselves, like Joe said, you know? Remind each other of that stuff, because it's not every day that we feel like we're flying. Some days we discourage and, and we don't believe these things. That's why we're there for each other, to, to say, you know, this is who you are in God, and we fight with you for it, and I'll lift you above me, and I'll stand in the gap, and you can't, you know. And, um, and you know, just another thing, apart from the intercession, it's also girls that sort of get to prophecy, you know. I think some of you have been getting words every meeting, but you're holding back, and I think God wants to show you what it looks like to partner with Him in it, and see Him lead you into more. And, and I, I really, I want to guarantee you that we're going to make mistakes, you know. I, I know that we will, we will get it wrong sometimes, and sometimes our, our flesh and our zeal will come into it. But I want, I want there to be a culture where we are okay with making mistakes, you know. Yeah. I would rather try a hundred times and get it wrong fifty times, but know with every single one of them, I, I grew and I learned more and I understood how the Holy Spirit works, and how my Father leads me, and, and we encourage each other in that, you know. And we, sh we, we should be mature enough that when someone gives you a word that is off, you can just throw it out. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so I want to encourage you guys, each of you are special, each of you are unique, and God is drawing you into such a love relationship with Him that you may know what those things are and become who He's called you to be. Thanks, Annalise, to um, Elf, Jules, when you guys get ready. We're going to take communion together. I know our meetings are long. The door's never locked. Ever. We are on a dark stairwell on the first floor. Would you just feel, feel free to, to leave at any time? But on that note of time, we've got this discussion going around. It's starting our meetings at 5 p.m so that we can all go to bed early on a Sunday night. I'm just going to show of hands if that sounds friendly. Just interested. I'll make the decision. But I'd like to see the <laughs> Just interested to hear. There's a lot of talk going on about mornings, afternoons, but we thought we might start with a 5 p.m. afternoon thing. So, no, next week, 5pm, this meeting starts. Everyone remember that. Next week, 5pm, I'm making the announcement. It's loud and clear. And I asked Alan and Jules to, to lead us in communion, and then we're going we're gonna to have opportunity uh, to lay hands on each other as the Spirit does that. So they're just going to describe why they love doing this, and then uh, we might sing a song, and just feel free at any time if you need to go, I know it's after 8.
Caleb, uh, this is a great um, privilege to be able to be here. Uh, it's something very close to my heart, so I feel a passionate for both of us. Um, I would like to thank you two ladies for the encouragement to get a large drop of all in this one. Um, just the thing about communion is it's such a powerful thing in our, in our Christian walk, and it's so, so often overlooked. Um, yeah. The power in it, and you know, there's a whole lot of arguments about whether it is the flesh or whether the bread represents the flesh. But I don't want to be that. I just want you to all get that this is really power. There's, there's a lot of power around the Lord's table. Amen. You know, healings come out of this. Revivals been sparked off out of um, communion festivals. And in the old days, they used to call this the love feast because we celebrate under an open heaven. Amen. Uh, and that's that's where we want to go. And, we just want to impart love into you tonight. Um, we'll try to. Um, you're very, you're very blessed because it's actually a bottle from the Crowder Festival. <laughs> it's, it's the same way and the same style. It's the same bottle well, of many. Um, we also, you know, in the in the church in the beginning days, it was kind of considered heresy to have grape juice for wine because the Holy Spirit is intoxicating. Oh. But it's okay, we've got grape juice for wine. <laughs> because it's spiritual. Okay. But we've got wine and grape juice. Um I just want you to kick back in the love. Kick back in the love. Not step forward, climb into it. Just fall back. Slide back. Right, so should we call them up? How are you doing?